0: attention people who still care on today's show an economy that's more profitable than our current one and where environmental sustainability reigns supreme but before we get into that i first want to tell a story 17 years ago on this very day is when the film an inconvenient truth was released to the general public now this film has been credited with creating a global movement to combat climate change. Now, I would like to give credit to this movement for a completely different reason. This film, I believe, has done more to damage the climate change movement than any other thing possible. And here's why. The film stars former Vice President and Democrat Al Gore. Now, because a political figure brought forward this environmental film and topic, it was perceived on the right as a hidden agenda to push through tree-hugging, liberal environmental regulations that would kill jobs and strangle our economy. Now, had this film been uh, about or produced With anyone non political, uh, especially Al Gore. If it was done by a conservative politician, then this would be a totally different story. But because Al Gore did it, I think he has done more to hurt the climate change movement than anyone in the world today. So uh, the episode that I'm putting forward today, I am a replay my limited series podcast that in this specific episode is based on environmental pollution. Uh, while researching it, I specifically wanted nothing to do with climate change. There's plenty of episode, podcasts and films already about it. There's also plenty on environmental pollution as well. And when I was researching it, I, I, I actually Recorded a whole episode and it was d- terribly depressing. I I didn't use it. I ended up completely re-recording a, a totally different episode, focusing on solutions. A- and not just solutions, but profitable solutions for everyone, for businesses, for people, for for for, for us all, for investors. And so I'm, I'm really proud of what I put forward in this episode because it shows how both our economy and our environment can live harmoniously side by side together. So without further ado, here is episode three of my limited series podcast, Stakeholder Enterprise, without further ado. i don't participate in the national debate anymore because the one thing i've never heard anyone say is i stand corrected the only minds we have control over changing is our own the very best we can hope with others is to inspire them and the most effective way to inspire is with love authenticity and by creating an environment where people are willing to listen to what you have to say. If you're tired of all the blaming and political gridlock, if you're tired of waiting around hoping others will solve society's problems, if you're ready to take simple steps to make lasting change, you've come to the right place. Ready to be inspired? This is the Stakeholder Enterprise. Hello, I am your host, Paul Lovejoy. On this episode, we're going to learn about Ellen MacArthur, a former world record-holding sailor whose experiences at sea transformed her into a leader of a market-based approach which allows companies to be both lucrative and environmentally responsible. But before we get started, Somebody wants to ask me a question. Hey, Daddy, what's an economy? That's my son, Liam. He's 10 years old. He asked me this question a couple of years ago, and I told him it's where people buy and sell products and services from each other. But the answer I gave him didn't really satisfy me. So I did what any curious person would do. I asked Google. The results popped up, and I clicked on the link for Investopedia. The definition they gave is the large set of interrelated production, consumption, and exchange activities that aid in determining how scarce resources are allocated. Huh? Even though I'm a registered investment advisor and a student of economics, I still had to reread that definition just to understand what they were trying to say. I also clicked on Wikipedia and Merriam-Webster, and all of them had these complicated, jargon-laced definitions. And what's worse is that these definitions miss out on what an economy is at its core. To get at the heart of an issue, I think it's important to look at the issue's history. So, back onto Google. It turns out, that human beings' very first economy was that of the hunter-gatherer, or a foraging economy. We've since evolved from bartering to money-driven agrarian and slave economies to feudal systems and mercantilism to the capitalist, credit-driven, free-market-based economy that dominates the globe today. After looking at the history and evolution of the economy, three things struck me. First off, an economy is how human beings survive. This was true for the hunter-gatherers in the past, and it's true for two-thirds of the world's population that live in poverty today. It can also be argued that it's true for the millions and millions of people living Paycheck to paycheck. The second thing that struck me is that when economies evolved, they did so because of new technology, whether it was the wheel, the plow, the steam engine, or the microchip. And the final thing that struck me was that within the last few hundred years, a country's moral philosophy has played a huge role in deciding which type of economy. That country will use. This explains why some countries choose socialism and other countries choose capitalism. Interesting side note, the person who is widely credited with creating modern-day economics, Adam Smith, didn't call himself an economist. That word didn't exist then. Instead, he considered himself a moral philosopher. I'm going to be bold here and put forward a definition of what an economy is. A philosophical system of survival that uses available technology to harness, produce, and exchange goods and services. In the last few decades there has been a shift in our own moral philosophy to use products that cause no environmental harm because of this shift demand for these products is far outpacing the supply which create opportunities not only for entrepreneurs and investors but for all businesses another result from this shift has left us with a fork in the road humankind can either pursue a green economy or a circular economy. According to Wikipedia, a green economy is a politically based approach using regulations and taxes to limit carbon emissions, pollution, and to be socially inclusive. According to Ellen MacArthur, a circular economy is a market based approach using entrepreneurial design to eliminate pollution, perpetually use finite resources, and to regenerate our planet's soil, water, and air. Quick recap, a green economy uses regulations and taxes, and a circular economy uses entrepreneurial design. So who is Ellen MacArthur? she first arrived on the world stage in 2005 when she became the fastest human being to sail around the globe alone to do this she needs to bring aboard all the supplies on her 75 foot trimaran that will last three months on her voyage she faced many challenges from small technical issues to battling gale force winds, icebergs, and waves the size of small mountains in the Southern Ocean. She even almost collided with a whale. In just under 73 days, Ellen MacArthur broke the world record for the fastest solo sailing voyage around the world. Ellen MacArthur, being from the United Kingdom, was awarded the title of Dame, which is the female equivalent of becoming knighted. So how does one go from being a world record holding sailor to a leader of a market-based approach that looks out for the well-being of our planet? Let's have Dame Ellen MacArthur explain this in her own words. Well, when you sail around the world on a boat, you have with you finite resources. So literally what you take with you when you leave is all you have until you finish. And you develop this overwhelming understanding of what finite really means. And I suddenly translated that definition of finite that I felt so clearly on board the boat to our global economy and realized that we have finite resources available to us, once in the history of humanity, and yet our economy uses them up. And in the long term, that really can't run. So I then set my, my sights on trying to understand how does the global economy run? How do we use resources? Yes, we're using them up, so how can we use those resources differently? And that led to the circular economy. To me, it sounds like Dame Ellen MacArthur is talking about a philosophical system of survival. In both our economy today and in a circular economy, products are designed with the intention of solving a problem and do profit from that solution. The difference is, in our economy today, environmental consideration happens at the end of the product's life cycle, in the form of recycling, if any consideration is given at all. In a circular economy, environmental consideration happens at the beginning of a product's life cycle, at the design phase. These products design out waste and pollution. These products are designed to be kept in use, not just recycled and these products are designed to regenerate our natural systems. Ellen MacArthur now has a foundation that's dedicated to transition our current economy into a circular one. The foundation provides education, insight and analysis, and systemic initiatives for entities wishing to make this transition. On the Foundation's website, they highlight companies that have successfully implemented the circular economy's three fundamental principles. To design out waste and pollution, keep products and materials in use, and to regenerate natural systems. So why would a traditional for-profit corporation implement those three principles? Well, there's only one reason, profit. At EllenMacArthurFoundation.org, you'll find pages and pages of case studies of different companies implementing the three fundamental principles and increasing their profits because of it. Take the company, the Balbo Group in Brazil. They produce 34% of the world's market share of organic sugar. The owner of the company, Leoncino Balbo, Jr., said, We don't worry too much about the crop itself. We take care of the whole ecosystem. Since adopting this approach, the Balbo group has increased their land's productivity by 20%. They've also modified their harvesting equipment and other machinery that reduces stress in their fields, captures all the waste, and uses it for both organic fertilizer and energy production. In fact, they produce so much energy that they not only have enough to supply 100% of their energy needs for the entire company, but they sell their leftover back into the local grid, which is enough to supply a city of 475,000 inhabitants. These practices not only have increased their profits, but their farm has 50% more biodiversity than the national parks in their state of Sao Paulo. For companies wishing to apply the three fundamental principles of the circular economy, there will be huge financial opportunities for them. Because it requires innovative and disruptive technologies with huge growth potential. The transition to a circular economy is already taking place. The demand is there. The potential profits are there. In fact, in the summer of 2021, Bocconi University analyzed over 200 European publicly traded companies across 14 different industry sectors and found that the more circular a company is the lower its risk of defaulting on debt and the higher the risk adjusted returns of its stock ultimately we need an economic system that effectively manages our planet's finite resources it's about survival after all what's not certain is whether you the listener will profit from this transition. Here's what Larry Fink, the CEO of the world's largest investment group, had to say to the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. That's why the concept of circular economy is so important. As I said, it's a foundational blueprint. And if we could get more and more of the money owners to agree that this is a good way to invest, not just for social reasons, not just for environmental reasons, but for investment reasons, performance reasons. Not just for social and environmental reasons, but for investment and performance reasons. And because investing has now become democratized, we can all get a piece of this action. At the time of this recording, There are crowdfunding investment opportunities in companies and people that are ushering in the circular economy. You can get equity ownership in a revolutionary startup tire company that uses patent-pending technology to design a tire that will never get a flat, that increases fuel efficiency, and will last longer than the life of the vehicle. There is an entire crowd-lending platform dedicated to funding family farms practicing regenerative agriculture, where participating lenders finance things like new tractors, crop seeds, and parcels of land. By actively participating and investing in a circular economy is the quickest and most effective way to void the debate of what gets priority our economy or our environment you have the option to blame others to blame corporations to blame the government you have the option to continue to debate but i choose to invest in the circular economy and to tell anyone who's listening to invest in it as well my name is paul lovejoy thanks for joining me Stakeholder Enterprise is a limited series podcast and an activist investment advisory firm. Our mission to create a community of financial activists and to guide them into reforming our unjust financial system by being the change they wish to see in the world, so that the generation being born today will have a market based economy that looks out for the well being of ourselves, each other, in our planet's finite resources. If you'd like to discover the three steps to reform our unjust financial system legally, ethically, and without confrontation, visit stakeholderenterprise.com.